be fed. The Press Box. Well, looky here, you have found another edition of the Press Box Podcast. Mike Grace from my partners, Chris Stewart and J.D. Byers. Glad to have you aboard as we offer up just a slice of what you can hear each and every weekday on great radio stations around the state of Alabama. Want to find out where? Well, visit our website. That is PressBoxRadio.com. Again, PressBoxRadio.com. There's an affiliates page there. Click on there. You can see a map and the list of uh, nine stations, 11 frequencies. You can hear us each and every weekday on great stations around the state of Alabama. And again, it's all on PressBoxRadio.com. We get to today's podcast, and it is a conversation with Richard Cross of Sports Talk Mississippi. Going to help us preview the big matchup this weekend in the SEC. Number 12 Ole Miss visits number one Alabama. And not only is Lane Kiffin and his Rebels fired up, but Richard says everybody in the Oxford area is looking forward to Saturday's matchup in Tuscaloosa. Things are good. It's, uh, it's, a, it's a fun time uh, in and around Oxford. It's a pretty good football team. People are excited about it. Uh, a lot of buildup for the game this weekend. And I think it, um, you know, kind of like Tuscaloosa is going to have this weekend, in that it's really been juiced up in Bryant-Denny. Uh, that's going to be the case in Oxford next weekend when Arkansas rolls in. So uh, certainly a, uh, a cool time and uh, glad to have 2020 in the rearview mirror. Well, we know who Michael Wilbon's picking, uh, and we also know who Richard Cross is oh, picking. Geez. But Matt, Tell me about Matt Corral, 69%. He's already at a, right at 1,000 yards, nine touchdowns. Hasn't thrown a pick, though, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, just he, he's seasoned. He's now bought into the program in Lane Kiffin. How big a part of the offense is this guy, and what will he do Saturday? Well, he's everything. I mean, and, and is playing himself not only into a first-round pick, which I think is probably a spot where he is, but perhaps the uh, the first quarterback taken, which, uh, as we all know, means life-changing money and all of those things as uh, that, that go along with it. Look, he's just good. I mean, the arm talent has never been questioned. I kind of—it's funny. I, I go back to last offseason because people kept asking about Matt Corral, but it was in the context of Matt Corral or John Rice Plumley, and and my consistent answer was, guys, it, it's Matt Corral, and it's not close. And people that are very locked into this business would be like, oh, but well, it wasn't close. It was Matt Corral. There were three areas that he had to get better a year ago. He had to get more consistent with the deep ball, or he had to get more accurate with the deep ball. He had to be more consistent in the intermediate passing game, and he had to make better decisions. Uh, In terms of the deep ball, he may have been the best deep ball thrower in all of college football last year. He was much, much better at about 70% completion percentage in the underneath throws. And then in terms of decision-making, in two of the ten games, he was a disaster. In eight of the ten games, he was great. And so it's been taking those things – and advancing them. He's still completing passes at a really high clip. He's making great decisions uh, in terms of when to run, when to throw, and he's just a leader. His his teammates gravitate to him, and, and that's on top of the fact that you know he's pretty good with the ball in his hands, and he's got the arm talent that is just off the charts. I, I, I mean, look, I'm, I'm not his press agent. I'm not like trying to it, – it's just really, really impressive to watch so far. Uh, so – uh, regarding this offense, the the running game, I mean, it's up 60, 70 yards a game, at least to this point in the season as you get ready to go through the heart of SEC play. Um, is that because of what Matt Corral has done in the passing game, or has that helped him be even more efficient in the passing game? I guess, is that the cause, 
or the the the, the reaction, the effect? Yeah, I mean, I, I think there's the whole yin yang, chicken or the egg. Yes to both. Uh, I, I think is the answer. Uh, you know, Brad, it, it's funny, and you've probably heard Lane Kiffin say this because he's used this line 15 times in the offseason. People don't realize it, but we led the SEC in rushing a year ago. That He said that over and over, but I do think it still holds some merit because when you think of a Lane Kiffin offense, you think of balls in the air, you think of pitching it around the yard, shots down the field, but the reality is they have run the football very, very well. And the reason they've run the ball well, this goes back to when he was at Alabama, when he was at FAU, when he was at Southern Cal, everywhere he's been. Lane Kiffin, I think as well as any coach in America, does a good job of identifying what he's got and how to use his best players. And Ole Miss has got a really deep backfield uh, with, with Snoop Connor and Jerry on Ely in whichever order you want to put them. And then a, uh, a third option that would be a starter in a lot of places in the SEC and Henry Parrish Jr., um, and, and so because he has those weapons, he's using those weapons, and he's got a pretty good group on the offensive line. The crux of your question, though, I think is an important one. You know, is it run to set up the pass? Is it pass to set up the throw? And, and I think it's all of the above. I think it's the ability to do what you want based on what the defense is giving you. You know, if you're one-dimensional and the defense takes away the pass, are you going to be able to run the ball? And the answer for Ole Miss is yes, and I actually think it gives them the ability to kind of dictate terms to the defense as opposed to the other way around, which we all know is something that, that all offensive coaches are looking for the chance to do. So on, I guess on that point then, or to that point, when you go back and watch the Alabama-Florida game, is this an Alabama defense that, you know, maybe you start to look at the run game first and find some holes and have some success on the ground against Alabama? You know, Lane Kiffin said definitively, and uh, I, I'm not sure, you know, kind of like Nick Saban, I'm not sure there's anything he says that is an accident. He said definitively in his press conference on Monday, we know they're going to drop eight. Uh, I don't know if he's trying to convince Nick Saban that they want him uh, want them to drop eight or not, but if that is indeed the route that Alabama goes, if they try to drop eight into zone coverage and, and get by with three defensive linemen, and yeah, I think Ole Miss is going to test it early and often to see what they can uh, what they can get done on the ground. Um, I, I feel like there's a little bit of Mark Twain in here with uh, the the demise of Alabama's defense, perhaps being greatly exaggerated. Uh, yes, I know Ole Miss kind of lit them up a year ago, and it was after that game that Nick Saban and Pete Golding apparently had a bit of a come to Jesus meeting and. Uh, they kind of got on the same page, and that was a good defensive team that got better and better as the season went along. I can't imagine Alabama giving up 48 to Ole Miss on, on Saturday, but, and, and this is the flip side of this, I don't think anybody's going to stop this Ole Miss offense completely. I, I, I just think they're, they're too good at quarterback, and they're too talented at, at different positions, and the scheme is too good uh, to, to be able to completely shut down. So, I'm really fascinated by this game. I know there are a lot of people that are calling for the upset. I think that might be a little aggressive, but I would be shocked if Ole Miss is not in this game. And it may be in it with a chance to win it late on Saturday. Looking at the opponent so far, uh, you're about to face uh, Ole Miss, Bryce Young. Uh, have you seen a quarterback maybe at Louisville, Austin P. Tulane, not really huge tests. Does anybody resemble – 
uh, or are there worries that he brings a new dynamic that South Alabama or that uh, Ole Miss has not seen yet? Well, I mean, I, there's no question he's he's the best of the four quarterbacks that Ole Miss has, has faced so far. I mean, yeah. he's a dynamic talent and, and does some things with his feet, but his passing numbers are, are incredible so far. Uh, super efficient, a lot of touchdowns. It's almost like when you've got weapons at every single position on the field and a, uh, a an offensive scheme that has evolved over the last decade, it puts you in a position to, to be really good, uh, especially when there's a ton of talent there. And, and from that angle, I think there are a lot of similarities between Matt Corral and, and Bryce Young. I, I think there are differences, you know, but, you know, size is comparable. Bryce Young can do some things with his feet, but he's looking to throw the ball first. Big arm, a lot of talent, highly accurate. Maybe there are more comps between those two guys than, um, than, than I was initially going to give credit for. Uh, there is a little more experience with, uh, with Matt Corral. And I, I do yeah. think that one of the, the fascinating things this week is people talked about, you know, Matt Corral and this Ole Miss team under Lane Kiffin really haven't played a, a true road environment. Well, they're going to get it on Saturday. But the flip side of that is Bryce Young hasn't played in a home environment like he's going to play in front of on Saturday. I don't think that has an effect on either of them, to be perfectly honest, when it's all said and done. I think this is a great quarterback matchup. And forgive me for this being in week five and rat poison and all that junk i'm not shocked if the i'm not shocked i'm not saying it's going to happen but i'm not shocked if the the quarterback that plays better in this game ends up holding up a uh a statue in december i'm not shocked yeah, yeah. no I, I don't think that's too far out uh, on a limb uh, at all richard well, speaking of trying to contain the Alabama quarterback, this is an Ole Miss defense that faced so many questions from outside uh, media before the season started. They have acquitted themselves well through the first three games. Um, obviously, it's a different test with, with Alabama. We've alluded to that a little bit now. But what, just what is different? What has changed about this defense that you've seen for Ole Miss through the first three games of the year? Hey, let's play quiz show real quick. Total defense is the category. There are 130 teams that were playing FBS football last year, I think. Do you know where Ole Miss finished? Actually, there were 128 last year. You had a couple that sat out. Out of 128 FBS football teams, do you know where Ole Miss finished in total defense last year? 119. Nope. Uh, 126. Oh, Oh, wow. Wow. I wouldn't have thought that low. Mm, 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 mm. 126 out of 128. And so... There's a reason I'm doing this. We talked all offseason. Given what Ole Miss did against Alabama last year, given what they did against Florida last year, there was this thought that if Ole Miss had had just a little bit of defense a season ago, that's a seven, eight-win team, maybe a team that goes undefeated. Yeah. Because with a little bit of defense, they beat Alabama, they beat Florida, they beat LSU. I'm not sure that anything would have changed the outcome of that Arkansas game. A, a year ago where we're almost turned it over seven times, Matt Corral threw six picks. So the thought all off season long was, can you get incrementally better? Can the defense be marginally better? And the answer so far is yes, they're 58th in total defense. Well, but Richard, they've played Louisville and Austin P and Tulane. Do you know where they would be defensively if they had played Louisville, Austin P and Tulane a year ago? Mm. They'd probably be about, 117. <laughs> yeah. The bottom line is they're better. 
And so are we moving the goalposts going, well, yeah, but they're only 58. They're, of course this is the best offense. They've, it's Alabama. <laughs> it might be the best offense in the country. It certainly was a year ago. So, yes, price of poker goes up big time this week. But all this is better. And so if what we were saying all last season and the offseason holds true, if Ole Miss can get a little bit better defensively, then are they good enough to win? I, I don't know. We'll see when it all when it all shakes out on Saturday. But yeah, I, I mean, I think this defense can can hold its own. It looks like an SEC defense, and it's a, a big a, a lot of its personnel. I'm not sure that Jake Springer is going to play on on Saturday for Ole Miss, and that's a big deal because he can do a bunch of things in the secondary. But Otis Reese on the field makes a difference. Chance Campbell, the the transfer linebacker from Maryland, has made a huge difference in in that spot. They've been better on the defensive line. So we'll see. Uh, We'll we'll see how it all shakes out. But unquestionably, this defense is better by any measure than they were a year ago at this point. Richard, hate to do this to you. You only got about a minute left, but I'll throw one last question at you. What do you think? how, How big is the open date to have that extra week to prepare for this Alabama team for Lane Kiffin and his staff? I think it remains to be seen, Mike. They hated it. Ole Miss was playing well, and they're pretty healthy early in the season. Lane yeah. did not want to take a, a, an open date in week three, but drop the old it is what it is on you, yeah. um, you know, and, and kind of rolled with that all week. He felt like they were healthy and playing well and would have preferred to stay in a rhythm and maybe have an open date after week five, six, somewhere in there, you know, when you really need that to try and get some guys healthy. But the reality is you had an extra week to get ready for Alabama. Probably didn't change a whole lot in the injury situation. Maybe helps a little bit from a game-planning standpoint. And uh, I think it's it's all systems go at BDS on uh, on Saturday afternoon at 2.30. Yeah, they've got the prime CBS slot on Saturday, 2.30 Central Time. The top-ranked Alabama Crimson Tide and the 12th-ranked Ole Miss Rebels should be fun. Our thanks to Richard Cross of Sports Talk Mississippi, the SEC Network, and the Ole Miss Radio Network for joining us here for a preview inside the Press Box. Hey, if you like what you hear, a couple things you can do for us. First of all, you can like and subscribe to this podcast so you get everyone as soon as they come out. Also, tell a friend to do the same. They can find us on Apple and Google Podcasts, plus iHeartRadio, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, wherever they find their favorite podcast. All they have to do is search for Press Box Radio 1. That's Press Box Radio and the number one for the Press Box Podcast. Uh, Until next time, for Chris Stewart, for J.D. Byers, I'm Mike Gray saying thanks for joining us here inside the Press Box.